We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the Game Show Podcast, hosted by me, John Baker. And me, a grumpy Jonathan Motney. Why are you grumpy? Haven't had lunch yet. Why not? Haven't had time. What have you been doing? Not eating. And now I'm upset, and this entire episode is going to be me being snarky. And okay. you're going to have to deal with it. All right, hey. This is what happens in a friendship and a relationship. You, if you can't take me at my grumpiest, then guess what? What? I'm not going to change. I'm not going to make the steps to make that change for me personally. You're going to so have to deal with it. To deal it's with. just your problem yeah. now. Thank you for clarifying. That's, that's what I think girls should write on their <laughs> dating profiles when they actually yeah. write that down. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and guys too. But, you know, I usually see it when I was on dating profiles. Right. Back. Way when back. Way you back. Centuries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Fall Out Boy song. Um, yeah, today we're going to... We place an order for a gong for... The, the program oh we did and it has not arrived hmm. so unfortunately we're just going to cancel the show today. was it a full-size gong uh, yeah uh you wouldn't order some puny little baby a- gong 84 by 96 inches oh my god yeah yeah that's a healthy size obviously so today we're going to be talking about the gong show i assume we'll have some sound effects in there maybe if if we do a good or a bad, if we do a bad joke, I think we should put we a get, gong in we there. We get gonged. All right. So before we jump in, let we... me see that gong. That's good. Oh, I was hoping that we could get a gong right off the bat. Oh, I mean, boo. Who's, who's the judge for the? Who's the judge for the gong? I, it would be the other person. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So we've got an ad first that came in very hot and late i saw you typing a lot i guess it was an email reply to i was replying thank this. you so much uh but i was also at the end it was stern because i said we gotta get these Look, sooner you're you, delaying this cannot the come in this late okay this cannot happen i appreciate that all right so uh tlc wow time tlc was a powerful group of singers and leaders in our culture <laughs> what tlc says goes and they used their power for evil back in 1999. TLC used their power to take the wind out of the sails of every single scrub in the United States and abroad. Scrubs were made second-class citizens in an instant, and they've been fighting for their respect ever since. Scrub No Mo was created by the King Scrub to give every scrub in the world a fighting chance at a happy life. The Scrub No Mo program is simple. You sign up for a membership and submit a picture of yourself to the SNM team. S N M, just to be clear, not and. Yeah, that would be different team. Total <laughs> different team. S N M team. They'll go into their database of scrubs and match you with the perfect match. Within two weeks, you'll receive your personal scrub, an uglier, more annoying, and stupider version of yourself. Now that dumbass scrub hanging out your window, trying to holler at women. Sorry, trying to holler at women isn't you anymore. You're the fuck. That's still mine. <clears throat> That's still yours. I just. I like that. Blunt You're sounds. the fuckable, respectable member of your two-person entourage. Start your journey out of scrubhood and upgrade your status today. Come on down, members. Receive two scrubs for the price of one with the code SCRUBONDOWN at checkout. Scrub no mo. Scrub your image and become the slightly less creepy guy from that TLC song today. Wow. That was timely. That's just right on the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, just real topical. And Topical? Topical? Oh, topical. Like a treatment that you would put on a rash or something. <laughs> topical. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it read like a first draft for some reason. I don't think it did. Okay. I don't think... I didn't see a single typo in it, that's for sure. I did. You did? Yeah. Where? The no-mo? Uh, sail was spelt like the thing that you get at a store rather than the thing that's on your boat. Yeah. You can't get a sail in a store? You can't get wind in it. <laughs> you could definitely get wind in a sail. That's for sure. Okay. 
So today we're going to be talking about the Gong Show. We've got oh, we've got some update in the game show news world. You sure? Um, you know what's his name? Mike Richards. Remember he got out yep. of Jeopardy. Right. The word is, and he went straight up to the stage and did a performance of uh, some stand up. And also got canceled for the second time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a weird choice for him. I know. So now the reports are that Ken Jennings is now the front runner. Why not Mylene Balsakens? So she's got a TV show. Mm-hmm. So there's some uh, apparently yeah. scheduling, Jeopardy. scheduling issues to work around oh. that she can't maybe do it every single day. So she can't maybe do it every single day? She maybe can't. I don't know. But she's going to be the new guest host again while they figure out their final hosting which is just a total shit show because they should hey guess what alex trebek was gonna die of cancer everybody knew it people wanted to deny it you wanted to put it out of your mind mm-hmm. but it was inevitable he had stage four cancer that was treated and then returned he was going to die and the fact that they just had no plan in place afterwards is Kind of embarrassing, guys. You would think that from his perspective... Like he'd want to be involved in those conversations? Yeah, or, yeah, would want to feel like there's a plan in place so he Mm -hmm. can die peacefully. Because I imagine his... I hope that his spirit is is haunting that that studio. I would be pissed. I imagine there's no happy ghosts that do goofy things. Usually someone that is there that has been murdered or has had a troubled end to their life on earth i so i read an interesting article by a past jeopardy champion uh who was an 11 time champion i can't remember his name but he kind of pioneered the jump around the board looking for daily doubles okay. thing that james holtzauer later made more famous and successful by winning like a couple million bucks doing that uh but people it was a new thing that had never really been done before and People got upset about it at the time. Change. Like watching it. Don't exactly. like change. So he wrote an article that was interesting because it was all about how Jeopardy is kind of the one thing on TV where throughout its entire time, like Alex Trebek was always the host of the show or has been the host of the show for the last 35, 40 years, whatever it's been. Yeah. But he was never, he never made himself the star of the show. Like, people didn't tune in because they were like, I want to see what Alex Trebek is up to today. They tuned in because they wanted to play the game themselves, or there was a Ken Jennings or a James Holtzauer Mm -hmm. or whatever on the show that it's like, oh God, this guy's won so many in a row. Let's tune in and watch out. Yeah. Becomes, you know, the national story of these quote unquote smart people answering trivia questions. And. What they've done over the last nine months or so is like, look at this star who's the host of the show. And people are tuning in to watch who's the host of the show rather than to watch the show and the contestants Mm -hmm. of the show, which uh, seems to be not what Alex Trebek would have wanted based on him not making the show be about himself. So way to fuck it up, guys. Well, then he shouldn't have gotten cancer because that kind of made it about him for that, the past six true. months. That was kind of a dick move. Um, but so allegedly also word has come out that Ken Jennings uh, was initially shied away from because of a controversial tweet Good in 2014. Lord. Where he tweeted, uh, there's nothing sadder. Red. There, yeah. He tweeted, uh, there's nothing sadder than an attractive person in a wheelchair. Which is kind of funny, because <laughs> you laughed at it. Also, though, there's nothing sadder? Nothing sadder. That's the saddest? There's nothing sadder than an attractive person in a wheelchair. Hmm. And so people that, that ableist tweet of his got him in some hot water with the executives, or I, I don't what know. What is Who it? Why, what, what this machine, this cancel machine Whoa. that is currently happening. Cancer? With Alex Rebecca. Why do they... He should have got a cancer machine. Why do they... Gong. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Take the gong away. That was funny. Um, <laughs> why do they wait for these? Like Ken Jennings was winning hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Uh-huh, yeah, right uh-huh. So why uh-huh. now does this come out? Why? Why it's? I don't know what it is, but it's about like they wait for people to have an opportunity to get a job, and um, then that's when they feel that the, takes. The answer is takes. 
all these uh, bloggers, mm-hmm. the the Vo- is it the bloggers? Where does the cancel come from? Yeah, I mean it's like the the Vox, the BuzzFeed, the Slate, Slate, those type of people, you know, who uh, went to journalism school, didn't develop any real discernible skill, um, and don't have any thing to add positively to society Mm -hmm. they make these blogs where in order to get as much advertising revenue as possible they just say the most absurd over the top things all the time to get people to click on their articles yeah like an article that i saw just a couple weeks ago that was about how uh you shouldn't read on the beach. How stu- how bad it is to read on the beach. Like it's like it's a take factory. It's like what ridiculous take can we come up with today? Well, what was and the reasoning for the reading? I so I share this with my wife Erica. And she can said, I get? Can I guess it real quick? Can I just try to see if I can get it? I guess yeah. Uh, you show privilege reading on a beach because you're not there taking in all the scenery. Okay, so. My wife asked me as well, what, what's the reasoning behind it? Yeah. And I said, I don't know because I refuse to click on it and give them what they want. I only read the headline and I will not <sighs> Dang it. click on it and support their manipulation well, and now their bullshit. Your so principles have led us into a brick wall in this topic. <sighs> I'm sorry, so it's... but I had to st- I had to hold steady there. I know, that one real, really pissed me off. So... That's, I mean, that's what it is. It's just all hey, these people. Hey, email us. Uh, come on down show at gmail.com. Let us know what that article said because you know what? I'm going to stand by my host here and I'm going to say I'm not going to click on it either. Thank you. So it's basically a cycle, I think, because what happens is, and you'll see this often on all of these blog sites. Are we recording? Yes. Okay. Arguably. So people will make an article that is titled, Ken Jennings is hosting Jeopardy this week and the internet is furious. And that'll be the title of the article. Yeah. And they'll write this article and they'll say, former Jeopardy champion Ken Jennings is due up to host Jeopardy for the next six weeks as a guest host after Alex Trebek's tragic death due to cancer with a link to an Alex Trebek video compilation or something on there. Yeah, of him getting cancer. Exactly, just slowly (laughs) deteriorating. And, And then it'll say... But some tweets from the game show contestants past have him in hot water with the internet. Users on Twitter are saying, and then it'll embed two tweets from two random Twitter accounts with 43 followers (laughs) each that has three retweets. And it's like, I can't believe Ken Jennings made this ableist comment. What a fascist. Mm -hmm. And it'll be those two tweets that have no following whatsoever. But now this BuzzFeed article that says the internet is furious about Ken Jennings goes viral and it gets retweeted and then it amplifies the thing. And it's just this big jerk off cycle because some guy with an audience of 12 said something and BuzzFeed said the internet is furious. Yeah. And it's what happens all the time. For not ever clicking on these articles, you seem to know exactly the (laughs) style and outline of every single one of them. Gong. Well, I guess your point. <laughs> Does that just mean shut up? Please stop. You're attacking me. You're hurting me. You have successfully used the gong as part of cancel culture. Gong, you... you're canceled. <laughs> your opinion is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've read them. I've read I've read them. I know the structure. It's, it's sad, but it also... But think about how cool those people feel that are ignored on the internet with no Twitter followers, and they get... Their day in the spotlight. Because somebody at Vox.com was like, I don't know, I guess I'll just go on Twitter and scroll forever until I see something that's an article. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, that's that's funny that you think that there's that much dignity in it and you don't think that that person created that account. <laughs> yeah, probably. So he did it themselves. So they could write it and be like, look at this person who's really upset <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, that's probably true. So... Today we're talking about the gong show. Ken Jennings, I think you're a great man and a great patriot, and I hope you're the host of the show. Sure. And and we do that. We assume gender here on this show, and we will until the show is gone. 
Oh, I think he knows. I think he's you think he knows a man. <laughs> so the Gong Show was a game show. It was created by Chuck Barris and hosted by Chuck Barris, who we've talked about before. He was the creator of the Newlywed Game, the dating game. Okay, um, this is the first one he hosted, though. I believe this is the first one he hosted, or at least the biggest one. That I think he I would hosted. remember he didn't host either of those. I would remember him. He's yeah. he's interesting. He's, yes. So he also. We ta- I believe we talked about this during one of those episodes. In the early 80s, he wrote a book called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which was a alleged semi-autobiographical story about Chuck Barris in the 50s and 60s prior to becoming a pioneer in the game show world yeah. was a CIA assassin. And he wrote this book. And then it was later adapted into a movie uh, directed by George Clooney, I believe. Um, Sam Rockwell was in it. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, he's later admitted that, yeah, he was never in the CIA. Well, because when the book came out, the CIA came out and they were like, this is ridiculous fiction. This man never worked for the CIA. But that's also exactly what the CIA would say if somebody <laughs> wrote a book like that. That's true. But he confirmed uh, that he never worked for the CIA. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of weird, interesting person Chuck Barris was. Yeah. So there were many uh, talent competition type of things in our society in television and radio prior to this show. And they decided, Chuck Barris and company to take that idea and just push it to its wackiest, absurdest extreme. Mm-hmm. And that was The Gong Show. So it was a talent competition featuring just... Talent is in parentheses. Right. Just random, random acts. It could be it could be a virtuoso piano player for one act. And then the next act is somebody trying to blow up a balloon with a banana in their ear. Right. Like it was America's got talent with a shoestring budget. Right. But with just ridiculous things for the most mm-hmm. part, like America's got talent and I haven't watched a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, for Nick Cannon reasons. And then cue the exact uh, idea, the cue, the exact perfect outline of what America's Got Talent is from someone. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it before. So every episode starts off with like a 30 second little <laughs> clip. Um, so America's Got Talent is very serious for the most part. Like okay. in the sense that they are affirming that they are trying to find the most talented people who will get, I think they get like a, a Vegas show or something. Yeah. Don't, don't know. I think that's the grand prize, like a contract for a Vegas show for to perform their talent. Uh, which some of them on there are literally just people doing like one little weird thing that does seem like a unique and or interesting talent, but like, who's going to pay to see a show of that? A drunk person who's been gambling. Okay. I guess that's that's fair. There you go. So this took that. And like I said, it pushed it to the extreme. It made it ridiculous. It took an idea from a radio program called major Bo's amateur hour from the that title matches better with what i watched yeah so that was a show in the 30s that was a legitimate talent competition type of show um frank sinatra was on it before he gained fame and notoriety so it was like a real big thing but they introduced the concept of uh the gong of sending people off so this show took it and adapted it, and that was the entire concept of the show, was there was a giant gong, there were three judges, mm-hmm. and then it was hosted by Chuck Barris, and there were performers throughout the show. So you start your performance. All the performances were about a minute and a half long or so. Yeah. And the main goal was to make it through your performance without being gonged. Yeah, didn't want to gong. One of the... Uh, Judges would pick up a mallet and run over to the gong and hit it, and you are done 
it's kind of like canceled. the... Uh, you're canceled, you're canceled, essentially. This is the beginning of cancel culture. The, it's kind of like the big uh, shepherd's hook that they would uh, whoop, yeah. pull you off stage with in the in Very the dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was a different time. And so that was what the gong was for this show. And you were eliminated. If you made it through your entire performance, the judges would then give you a score 1 through 10 from each judge. Or 0 through 10, I guess, because I saw a few zeros. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the program, whichever act made it through to its conclusion and had the highest score was the winner of that episode. Yep. And... The, when did they win? The prize for most of the run was uh, the grand prize of $516.32. And what is the reasoning behind that? Uh, the supposed reasoning behind that was, I believe, Chuck Barris would call it a highly unusual amount. <laughs> yep. And the alleged reason behind that was that was, at the time, the day rate for a SAG-AFTRA employee. Okay was $516.32. That's pretty awesome. For in the 80s? Uh, 76 to 78. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. 500 a day? Yeah. So that's what I said. I don't know if that's necessarily true. It sounds high to me. Okay. But that's alleged. That's what's alleged on the internet. But either way, it was a highly unusual number. And in, uh, in subsequent revivals of this show, it has always been a weird number yeah of of the grand prize and it has always been fairly nominal in the sense that it's like you're not going there to win the prize money okay um as i said this aired on nbc from 1976 to 78 and then after it ended on nbc in 78 it aired in syndication until 1980 it was another one of the daily game shows mm-hmm. uh it originally aired at like 12 30 eastern for the first year or so and then it moved to four in the afternoon yeah the both of those times make sense for the show okay <laughs> um and it was a very weird show agreed it pushed so many limits it's kind of unbelievable that Again, this was on in the daytime when, like at the time, primarily housewives and stuff were watching TV mm-hmm. and children, I guess. Um, it was just wild ass whatever they wanted to do that day for three years on NBC and a yeah. couple more years in syndication. It was controlled chaos at its finest. Loosely controlled. <laughs> It was, I think we've talked about, I feel like we said this about another somewhat recent episode that we did, but it, it was kind of like, um, the Chris Gethard show in that it looked like somebody Mm -hmm. just gave somebody the keys to the kingdom and they did whatever they wanted on television. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty appealing to me. (laughs) Uh, it gives you hope as somebody who doesn't have connections that, Hey, I could put on a show if I was just given the power and the resources. Yeah, I, I think I could put on a show like this. Yeah, and so, like I said, there was a lot of weird stuff about. So there was a guy named at the end of the show when the winner was announced. Uh, a guy named Jerry Marin would run across the stage throwing confetti as balloons would drop from above. And the notable thing about him was that he was a little person, mm-hmm. and he was one of the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. Who would just run across the stage throwing confetti at the end of every episode? Yeah, uh, uh, when they announced the winner. So we can say Munchkin because it's it a was a character name. name. Yeah, like you can say Elf or whatever. So there's never been a midget character name. Uh, so my dad had a DVD of a movie. I don't know if, if I want to hear the rest of about <laughs> this <laughs> DVD. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh no, it wasn't midget. It was called The Terror of Tiny Town. Okay. And it was about like, it was kind of like a Western. It was like from like 1930. It was highly offensive, I believe. Yeah. And for some reason, I feel like I've talked about this before, like in the not too distant past, 
but it was like a Western movie about all these little people. Okay. Who and in town like exclusively of little, little people? people in like a Western town, okay. and they're attacked. I don't know by other little people. I don't think it was other little people. I think it was what would we call Miniature a non horses? a non little person that's not offensive. Um, able bodied. But they're able bodied. Um, uh, normal hips. <laughs> Weird. Um, so yeah, maybe they were attacked by tall people. I don't remember. Sure, uh, like but it was tall. like a forty-minute-long, like black and white, nineteen thirties, <laughs> just highly offensive type of thing. But yeah, sorry, I got down a rabbit hole. That I don't know. Maybe they called the midgets in that movie. Anyway, but yeah. anyway. So and then at the end of the week on Fridays after the winner was announced, they would also name the worst performer of the week. Mm. And that person would also retroactively receive $516.32. Oh, nice. And a dirty tube sock. Ew. Well, don't be the worst performer of the week. If you just win the day, you get the 516.32 and a trophy instead of a dirty tube sock. Well, to some people, a dirty tube sock is a trophy. That's true. A participation trophy. There's a lot of people on the internet to which that would be a trophy from mm-hmm. what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, our long national nightmare is over. That was the other big news this week. What national nightmare? OnlyFans has Uh, gone back on their claim of banning porn from their porn subscription site. Right. Art. I call it art. So for those of you not familiar, OnlyFans is a website in which creators... That's what they call them. Mm-hmm. They are content. They are creating content. Content creators uh, set up subscriptions to their services, which are image and video. Explicit in nature. And they are generally of the nude photography persuasion of the mm-hmm. pornographic sexual act. Genre, yeah. Sort of genre. And... It has become very popular, it is especially with COVID and uh, quarantine situations. And just the existence of men. Right. But I know like a lot of uh, like strippers and sex workers and things like that, that when they became unable to perform their craft uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. turned to OnlyFans to generate a steady income. And there are people making like hundreds of thousand dollars a month from subscriptions because you can set your own subscription price yeah. and whatever. And they OnlyFans announced that in order to continue growing as a brand, they were going to ban porn, uh, which would basically be like ESPN wanted to grow as a brand, so they banned sports. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. They went to investors, mm-hmm. and investors said, we want to give you billions of dollars. And the investor said, but you're probably going to have to, you know, this is not a sustainable thing. We're, you know, we're angel investors. We're not, mm. you know, devil investors. Wow. So we need Deep to make sure gone. that when we put <laughs> when we put in our money somewhere, we're, we want to represent, you know, healthy content. Mm-hmm. And then, so then they tried that with an announcement. Mm-hmm. And then the investors said, you know what? We tried uh, and it didn't work out. So you guys can go ahead and move forward with what you were doing because <laughs> yeah. we like money. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous idea that in order to grow our porn company we're going to ban porn and just make it a thing that has no discernible utility or differentiating factor it's at all worse patreon right and they were like trying to promote like oh no we've got all these family friendly videos cooking videos and blah, blah. it's like yeah and youtube is free so i have all those already yeah there's not I'll maybe I'll maybe pay for a masterclass. That's as close as I get to using your subscription software. Yeah. So so OnlyFans is back. That was that was the big news. The other big news of the week, aside from the continued Jeopardy saga. Sure. And the whole Afghanistan thing. I think that we should hurricane. Uh, oh, here's the bad <laughs> news. Of speaking of uh, this time period and of the of the gong show and the comedians that were on this show because the the guest judges mm-hmm. were uh generally 
comedic in okay. in style. The I, I would say the three typical judges were uh, Jamie Farr, who he was on Match Match Mash mm. as uh, the cross-dressing Corporal Klinger. Uh, Phyllis Diller, noted comedian with an E N N E. And J.P. Morgan, stage name. Love it. Uh, who was a pop singer in the 50s and 60s, basically. And uh, they were kind of the three main judges, but there was a lot of rotating in of uh, like other panel show type personalities and comedians and things like that. The other news, just late breaking as I arrived here, um, Ed Asner... Mm-hmm. noted comedian noted uh star uh or co-star i guess of the mary tyler moore show um of his own spin-off show from the mary tyler moore show of uh playing santa claus in elf with will ferrell oh yeah has died okay Th- so. much like the gong show this episode is all over the place big gong in in the sky has been rung for ed asner yeah and his time here is done man that wouldn't that be great if there was an actual gong that was rung so you're like okay we know they're dead for sure that was the gong that was the gong god's calling ed asner up to uh the mary teller moore show in the sky the gong is god's shepherd cane yes so speaking of talented individuals and how there was actual talent on this program. Mm-hmm. Um, the, not quite Mary Tyler Moore, but Carol Burnett appeared on this show in character as Eunice Higgins, which was a character that she did on the Carol Burnett show okay. uh, to perform a song. Um, there were performances by Paul Rubens before his big fame on the show. Pee Wee Herman himself. Um, the guy who was Bozo the Clown. Uh, there was a musical performance by Oingo Boingo, the band which um, I know I probably most know them. Is what for kids use for the science. word sex? For, for the word sex, they use Oingo Boingo. <laughs> um, they did, you know, they did the weird science song. Member of Oingo Boingo, Danny Elfman, noted film composer and scorer, like mm. the Batman with Michael Keaton, or like and Ronaldo. A lot of. Uh, a lot of Tim Burton stuff Danny Elfman did scores for, it seems, okay. from my memory. Um, uh, Stanley Williams, who founded the Crips. The gang? The street gang, the Crips. Uh-oh. He was on there as a performing as a bodybuilder. Do you think he did a TED Talk on like how to start a gang? <laughs> yeah. Real, like a, a master class. A ma- <laughs> on OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, Mayor Winningham... Mayor Winningham. Is it a horse? It's not a horse. It sounds like a horse. Oh. The win the winning part the winning and the mayor part both sound horsey. Right. Uh no, she's an actress who she was on there as like a young probably like 18, 20 year old. Uh she sang the Beatles song Here, There, and Everywhere. Okay. And she later went on to uh, win several Emmys, be an Academy Award nominated actress for the film Georgia. Never seen it, but it was like 95, 96, somewhere around there. But, oh, most recently she was on uh, The Outsider on HBO. I don't know if you watched that. Mm -mm. Pretty good program. And also uh, 12-year-old Andrea McArdle appeared on the show. And then the next year she originated the role of Annie on Broadway. Yeah. In the musical Annie. Yeah. Okay. So there's some real talented people on this show. There's also some real untalented people on this show. I would say it was a one to ten ratio. Talent to not talent. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's probably what the people wanted. Uh. The viewers of this program wanted bad people. Wow. Because it was fun and it was funny. And it was off the wall. Oh, uh, Murray Langston was he performed on the show over 150 times as the unknown comic. Uh, because oh, the guy with the paper bag yes, on his head, paper bag over his head. So he basically uh, was was a comedian that had done some TV work here and there. wasn't doing super well. Kind of accepted the appearance fee for. 
the gong show just to make a little bit of money. Yeah. But was very embarrassed by it. And so he asked the producers if he could perform with a paper bag <laughs> over his head. And they said, yeah, that would be funny. Uh, and he's like, just don't say my name so I don't have to. <laughs> like own this basically yeah and like i said he ended up appearing over 150 times on the show performing stand-up comedy oh. with a paper bag over his head always just introduced as the unknown comic people had no idea who it was until oh. after the show went off the air and he and because he would go he, he like parlayed this into performances in other shows and things and tours as the unknown comic with the paper bag over his head yeah. and like they played it up and like i watched one episode where in the middle of his set, because this show was just chaos and pandemonium, he was doing this set. And it's a lot of like cornball, cheesy, rapid fire jokes that yeah. he does. Like he was not trying to be an esteemed comedian uh, in these performances. And just in the middle of it, a woman ho holding a baby runs on stage and says that uh, he's the father of her baby. And, and Chuck Barris is like, how how do you know he's the, he's the father? And she's like, he looks just like him. And then she reveals that the baby has a paper bag over his head. Well, thank God he was a paper bag head and not a plastic bag. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he of course, he follows that up with something like, oh, you get her in the sack one time. Uh, so. Because it's paper sack. Sack, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. You get it. So that there was, they, they had all sorts of weird recurring bits like that all the time. Um, there was a stagehand on the show that they would occasionally use to warm up the audience before the show started. You know, a lot of shows have a warm-up comedian or warm-up performers yeah. of, of some sort to get everybody juices flowing, get everybody hyped up. And so this guy, whose name was Eugene Patton, he would do this little bit where he would do a really kind of goofy half-hearted dance okay and chuck barris really liked it and wanted him to do it on the show and so they introduced him as gene gene the dancing machine and then basically every episode afterwards gene gene the dancing machine would just show up at some point in the middle of the episode <laughs> uh by a random music cue and Chuck Barris would always act like he was surprised that Gene Gene, the dancing machine, was here to perform. And because it would, quote unquote, interrupt whatever was yeah. going on on the show at that point in time. And he would just come on stage for a minute and do his weird dancing. And the guests and audience would get involved and go crazy. And, and that was Gene Gene, the dancing machine. And... Speaking of music, uh, the music director of the show was a guy named Milton DeLug. Bad name. Milton DeLug. Yeah, bad name. You gonged his name? Uh, yeah, we gonged his name for <laughs> yeah. sure. So Milton DeLug, he was kind of, at first, he was involved in other Chuck Barris productions as kind of music coordinator and things like that. And when they started this show, Chuck Barris thought, like, this is like a serious music guy. I don't think he's a good fit for what we're doing here. But kind of just, you know, had a pre-existing relationship contract with him, used him. Milton DeLug ended up becoming like a key part of the show and would do bits back and forth with Chuck Barris and ended up being like a very important part to mm -hmm. the, the music and success of the show because there's a lot of musical stuff yes. on this show. And and so, yeah, he would always cue. It was a, I believe it was like a Count Basie medley that Gene Gene the Dancing Machine would would dance to that uh, that Milton Delug had arranged. And he would sometimes play characters and uh, do things on stage as well for the show. And Jack of all talents. Trades? Is what Jack of all talents. Okay. Jack this is a talent show, right? Okay, yeah. Why would I I'm say sorry. this is I'm on sorry. a trade show, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Chuck Barris played the hosting gig very loosey-goosey and aloof to a certain extent like he especially at this time all these game show hosts definitely all talent show host type of people were very buttoned up nice sharp suit or tuxedo for their hosting gig etc um 
Chuck Barris would often be quite unbuttoned, disheveled looking. He would sometimes just wear random other clothes that didn't look like a quote-unquote TV host Mm -hmm. at all. He just would let go and have some fun with it. He kind of appeared like he was drunk or high a lot of the time. For sure looked like he was high. He has claimed that uh, even like to his death, which was just a few years ago. He died of overdose of marijuana. Yeah, that he uh, was never under the influence on the show. He just... There's no way somebody is just like... Okay, so either there's one other person that acts like that, and it's Matthew McConaughey. And we know Matthew McConaughey, in his youth, smoked. Dude, drugs. Drugs? He smoked drugs. (laughs) And... Milton to drugs. You can't tell me... Gong that. You Sorry. cannot tell me that uh, what was his name Chuck Chuck Barris, Chuck Barris. Yeah. was not high. The second I started episode one, season one, episode one, he looked like he was absolutely stoned out of his mind. Claims he wasn't. Just letting you know. Also claims he was a CIA assassin. And there we go. And so there's a validity <laughs> issue with his okay. right. uh, says statements. You. Says you. So he he's kind of catchphrases like when he would throw it to a commercial, he would say frequently, we'll be right back with more stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the end of the show, he would frequently say, this is me saying bye. So he would just kind of play it like he had no idea what he was doing yeah. and just played into that character of the character of the whole program, really, which was just absurdity and yeah. nonsense and fun. And I think a lot of people loved it. I think the especially at this period of time there was a lot of you know pushback on the societal norms you know this was only a few years after like the summer of love and and all sorts of uh rebellion and vietnam protesting and things like that there was a big pushback on uh society and and the the buttoned up culture of the world so i think this kind of played off of that and played into that mm-hmm. in terms of what made it popular and successful is that it just did whatever the fuck it wanted to do. Yeah, it did. And I personally admire that. Mm. So like there was one episode in which every single act was a different person performing the song feelings feelings yeah every single act for the entire episode was a different person performing that song yeah because they just thought it would be funny to have an episode where every single performance was somebody singing the song feelings i mean it's goofy as hell that's for sure it's funny it's some sort of stupid thing that we would probably do and it would get rejected by anybody that we proposed it to Mm, correct so they a lot of the stuff got um was getting them in some hot water for like pushing the boundaries in terms of censorship and double entendre and yeah. sexuality and things like that because they very much leaned into that irreverent type of humor as much as they could and so they kind of were getting slap on the wrist by NBC who was airing the show for some of this stuff. And so what Chuck Barris started doing was he would, and we've heard this sort of stuff before from uh, comedy writers or directors submitting movies to the MPAA or things like that. He would put up acts as sacrificial lambs that were like way over the top of what the line would be. Yeah. So that things that, would otherwise be considered pushing the boundaries would seem tame in comparison so that the censors would reject those acts and let the other ones slip through. Yeah. Smart. Uh, until one time Uh where in 1978, an act that he proposed, uh, I think expecting it to get rejected Mm -hmm. was approved. Okay. And they called it, um, have you got a nickel was the name of the performance and the performance was then two teenage girls came out and sat cross-legged on the stage with popsicles and Mm. 
ate the popsicles in a somewhat suggestive manner while music played. And that was the entire performance was just them licking and sucking on popsicles. Was it a fun like chet like the Chesterfield type of music to up tempo or was it more of like a slow jazz it situation? Was, it was a little in the middle. It wasn't necessarily like a, this was a Imagine sexual Dragons. connotation type of, yeah, it was a it was an Imagine Dragons song. The chemicals Ah Oh wait, that's probably not good for that though. So yeah, they uh they would go down in notoriety as um the popsicle twins uh they did not appear to be twins or related at all from yeah. my viewing of it mm-hmm. and i've i've say. watched a lot of times yeah. just to check for research yeah and it was it was not gonged i believe because um then this would happen a lot of times on the show if one person was going to try and gong people would try and like tackle them and intercept them and stop them from gonging it the other judges yeah so i believe um Phyllis Diller intended to gong the Popsicle Twins. And uh, Jamie Farr kind of picked her up and carried her across the stage Mm. to where she couldn't. So they finished their performance. Phyllis Diller gave them a zero. Uh, Jamie Farr gave them a two. And then J.P. Morgan gave them a ten, saying that that was how she got her start in show business as well. Um, Yep. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, a bit of an uproar over this afterwards Mm -hmm. uh nbc was not happy about this uh i believe the west coast broadcast it was cut from and so he was chuck barris and co were kind of on on thin ice with with these guys uh there was also a kind of recurring bit where jp morgan would uh when things started getting crazy would uh, pretend to start to strip and then somebody would stop her kind of like they would stop people from gonging yeah and then one day uh not too long after the popsicle twins in 1978 um gene gene the dancing machine was performing and jp morgan uh unbuttoned her shirt and nobody jumped in to stop her so she just pulled her shirt open to reveal her breasts what um and then she was banned from being on the show anymore after that because of the patriarchy Mm -hmm. so she was taken off the show and then a few weeks later nbc said uh we're canceling the show after next week or whatever The the show's done dang so they went into their finale knowing that it was the finale of the show because NBC was canceling it. <clears throat> and so Chuck Barr turned the hosting studios for that show over to a random staff member who hosted it. And then um, they introduced an act which ended up being Chuck Barr playing a modified version of the at the time recently popular uh johnny paycheck song called take this job and shove it Ooh, <clears throat> with modified lyrics to apply to his situation with the gong show and nbc why would you need to modify those lyrics it's pretty clear right and uh, i think to make them a little more specific got it and ended with him flipping off nbc uh Whoa. from from the stage there seems like a, a like a like a a bridge burning situation. Yeah, there. yeah, a little bit. And then, so that was the end of it on NBC. It, it continued for a couple more years in syndication. But after another show that we talked about, a Chuck Barris show, um, Three's a Crowd, the show in which a man's wife and secretary would compete oh, to yeah. determine who knew more about the man. <laughs> Uh, after the uproar, the backlash from that show, mm-hmm. it kind of led to a wave of cancellation of other Chuck Barris um, properties, yeah, including the syndicated version 
of the gong show so so that was the end of chuck barris and the gong show or so you thought wait a minute because we our very very first episode we talked about 21 we talked about the film quiz show that was made about the quiz show scandal on 21 i don't think we've ever talked about a game show before that has a movie of the game show however wait a minute until today yeah because in 1980 the gong show movie released in theaters oh my gosh which was a film uh kind of a week in the life of chuck barris with chuck barris playing himself okay as he goes through a week of tapings of the gong show while he progressively goes through a mental breakdown oh no and that's the plot of the movie and it includes um some like cut footage from the gong show some audition footage from the gong show real life stuff interspliced with the fictional narrative okay of the movie including the uh uncensored version of the jp morgan stripping oh no scene um and a lot of other stuff that was kind of not allowed to be on the air in uncensored format for one reason or another and it debuted over memorial day weekend in 1980 and two other movies premiered that same weekend Uh uh-oh uh the empire strikes back Uh and the shining right so obviously both duds um the gong show movie debuted at number two behind the empire strikes back and ahead of the shining wow and I don't know if, if it had to do with like movie theater count or, or but it made like two million dollars opening weekend. It's pretty, it's pretty not bad. Not bad for the seventies for sure. But it was uh, critically reviled. I've ordered it on Amazon on Blu-ray. There are thirty-seven reviews. There are thirty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. For the, no, for the blue for on for Amazon the on for the blue. Yeah, I ordered it. Okay, so I'll let you know when I watch it. How wonderful! I don't know if it's going to be wonderful, my dude. It is because it it uh, it never had a home video release until a few years ago on okay. Blu-ray, the very first home home video release. So, not many game shows have competed with The Empire Strikes Back before. The Gong Show has, in a, a way, it had another syndicated revival with a different host in the late '80s, and it was kind of a one-off thing that didn't last very long it um had a a game show network i believe we talked about this a few weeks ago extreme gong was a game show network show again for like a year or so Mm -hmm. and i don't i didn't really have anything that made it any more extreme than the original version uh comedy central did a gong show with dave attell in 2008 Ooh, dave attell and then most recently, in 2017, ABC aired a revival of The Gong Show that I felt like kind of really took it back to its roots for the most part. It was hosted by Tommy Maitland, uh, an unknown British comedian, mm-hmm. because it was Mike Myers. Uh, no way. Playing a character named Tommy Maitland uh-huh. that was an unknown British comedian. And... In all of the promotion of this show, it was hosted by Tommy Maitland. It was never advertised as Mike Myers being on the show. Yeah. It was always Tommy Maitland. In the credits for the show, the host is Tommy Maitland, executive producer Tommy Maitland. The entire thing was just set up to where they were only crediting Tommy Maitland for all this. He obviously had uh, prosthetics and stuff on mm-hmm. if you saw him it didn't look anything like mike myers so i mean yeah. in that sense it was good but it was obviously uh a person in disguise and i think at the time it was fairly well known on the internet at least that it was mike myers i remember watching it and knowing in advance that it was mike myers hosting it yeah um but he and he did like talk shows and stuff as tom maitland in character the entire time yeah and so he like he adopted some of the chuck barris 
isms, like the more stuff coming. And but he also had his own "Who's a cheeky monkey" was his Whoa. tagline, mm-hmm. uh, which which was a weird thing. But this was, like I said, very similar to the original Gong Show in the sense of crazy off the wall acts. It didn't get as into some of the like pushing the limit type of stuff as that did as we've changed as a society and we now have to listen to all of our authority figures Mm -hmm. and the government state security programs (laughs) and uh the the corporate media and things like that so it, it didn't push the limits in as many fun ways but it did have a lot of fun comedian type uh ken jong zach galifianakis yeah uh, Fred Armisen as judges. It was produced by Will Arnett. Will Arnett was a judge on on a lot of the episodes. So <clears throat> that lasted for two years. I think 2017 and 2018. And I think the the prize monies were two thousand dollars and seventeen cents and two thousand dollars and eighteen cents <laughs> for yeah for those two years. And it was it was fun. I it, it's just a different time period where I don't think. Especially as a big time network ABC primetime television show, which is what it was. Yeah. I don't think that's the audience for something like that anymore. It's it's almost like a weird like uh like Twitch is where I feel like something like that could live and be successful. Yeah. Uh something, you know, off the beaten path of what a major corporate sponsor is is i mean it would have to be your and, own and trying to be successful yeah you would have to be somebody putting it on the show themselves through it needs to be on ifc platform yeah like that was the only way that chris got the show had a chance was ifc right it has to be some somewhere where they don't care about control and you can just do whatever you want because that was what the original gong show was and that's, and that's what, what america was whoa you could just do a couple decades ago in the 70s you could do whatever you want in the 1800s pff, do whatever you want do whatever you want let's go back to those times i don't want good health care okay i want people dying when they're 30 years old okay. nobody needs to be 70 years old 23 percent of women should die in childbirth <laughs> um is that what you're saying no gong. no like gong me no there? let's make it men dying in 23 percent of men died during childbirth just watching <laughs> oh my god oh no oh well, I, I couldn't do that dead <laughs> i'm gonna die oh there were a couple times where uh every single person on the show the original show got gonged and so nobody won that actually happened yep just gong 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 that gong 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 gong, gong. yeah don't gong that thank you no put gongs over your voice when you say <laughs> gong okay. but the, I'm sure that so that people will know out very well, those weren't gongs, plainly. those right. weren't bad gongs. Got it. So, yeah, that's the Gong Show. I, I don't know. Is do you have suggestions for improving the Gong Show? I have one suggestion. What's that? Uh, drunk Paula Abdul needs to be a host, a judge, or a judge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. That's what would be my only. I we need. I think she would meld well with the chaos happening on the show yeah i feel like it needs to be mm, wheels off like like again i felt like the original version was a lot more wheels off than Mm -hmm. the revived version i felt like mike myers tried to push it towards being as wheels off as possible but uh it's probably a little difficult and i also feel like just the type of celebrities that you get now don't lend itself to being as wheels off there's we've talked about this before first of all you don't have like the recurring like these people were on a hundred a couple something episodes in a couple years as guest judges on this show you're not getting people like that that kind of like build that rapport every single day with the audiences Mm -hmm. at home um and you're getting people that are a lot more concerned about their public image and they've got all these PR people that work for them and their managers that are pushing them in a certain way that mm-hmm. I feel like it it's just hard to get like you have there are a few people that I think you could get that would really push it and be wheels off all the time. 
but I think that's a pretty small number. And again, just due to logistics and stuff, it's gonna it's a lot more difficult to to make yeah. something like that happen. And it's a weekly show instead of it's a weekly show during the summer for eight weeks or something like yeah. that instead of almost every day, uh, every weekday. Yeah. It would have to be like an older comedian who has lived their life and have don't care about rules or getting canceled. Right. Like they, JP Morgan. She was like, I don't, she was like 48 or something. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just flash my tits on the show. Cause I think that'll be really funny. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm not a singer anymore of any note, whatever. Yeah. Cool. I'm just having fun with this. This is what I do. And that's kind of like what you got on um, the match game in the seventies as well with uh, Richard Dawson and Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. I think, I think that's what made those shows, those type of shows great and entertaining. So if you had five buzzers to give the gong, mm-hmm. five gongs, yeah. how many gongs are you giving this show? I'm going to give it four middle fingers. Oh, okay. Respectfully. Right. Um, as this will be our first and last show on the gong show. Maybe. So, this... did you hear that? Yeah, was that your stomach? Yeah. That was loud. Yeah. Is it because of the lunch thing? Yeah, I wonder if we picked it up. <laughs> um, th- I give it four middle fingers, respectfully, okay. because I think that it did a good job of being chaotic, uh-huh. but also entertaining. I really liked that they didn't parade the bad performers forever like how they kind of milk it out on america's got talent or the the voice all that stuff i don't know if the uh-huh. voice does it anymore but whatever it was called that show where they would x factor have like an autistic person come in and sing and they would just like gawk at them and uh yeah i don't know if it was the voice but like the, the voice american idol and the american X-Factor idol yeah that sort of stuff right so they would let this person perform they would perform poorly they would the judges would have a quick quip Mm-hmm. And their bad score, and they would right. walk them off stage. Yeah. I would have given them a lower score if that was the situation where they would sit there and make fun of this person. I didn't like that Chuck and sometimes other people would say stuff or you could hear them moving around during the performance. Oh, yeah. Because you would have that. But then I just realized after watching more episodes, that's just kind of the it's just vibe chaos. in that show. Yeah. You're going to have people screaming from the audience. You're going to have yeah. the judges saying stuff. So four. Okay, I'm going to give it um, four and a half J.P. Morgan breasts. Ooh, okay. Uh, because this is this was a show that I remember as somebody who was born in 1986. Mm-hmm. I remember discovering in the mid-90s uh, as it re-ran on Game Show Network. And, you know, as like a nine or ten-year-old being like, this is insane. This is so cool that there's, you know, you're especially like at that age, you're you're rebelling against mm-hmm. the rules, the the confines of what mom and dad and teacher want you to do. So just seeing a show where again it was just pandemonium most of the time and a lot of the acts were intentionally bad or whatever. Uh, was just entertaining to me. So I've got some fond memories of, of learning about this show as, yeah. a, as a youth and revisiting it as an adult. I I respect the hell out of it. Mm. Um, and and it's fun and it's and it's silly. And for those reasons, it's got four and a half JP Morgan breasts. breasts. Yeah. She's still alive. Cool. Are her breasts? Uh, TBD. Okay. Chuck Barris is dead. Died three years ago, four years ago, 2017, right before the premiere of the. Oh, uh, that's uh, probably for the best. Tommy Maitland version. Probably for the best. Maybe. But yeah, that was the Gong Show. We hope you guys check it out. It's another one of those. I don't know how this isn't on like Buzzer on yeah. Amazon Prime because this is like a classic. It's also really hard to find any more of the Mike Myers version. Like even on YouTube, it's very difficult yeah. to to find those. You can find a lot of the Chuck Barris stuff on YouTube, but the Mike Myers version is very, very hard to find. I guess probably the producers of that uh, kept it copyright, hidden. striked it, yeah. and, and whatnot. But I did watch that um, 
at the time it was airing. So yeah, The Gong Show, look into it, check it out, go watch the Popsicle Twins do their thing. And I'll, on OnlyFans. Uh, I'll give you a quick update on the quality of the movie when I watch it in the next couple weeks. Okay, good. We'll, we'll, re- we'll revisit slightly. Yes, this has been Come On Down Show. The come on, I, I've game done this two podcast. weeks in a row. Come On Down, the game show podcast. podcast. Hosted by... We already introduced that part. Uh, check it out on Instagram or whatever if you want. I don't know. Just check it out on YouTube or podcast apps because that's where it lives. That is where it lives. That's where you're hearing or seeing this right now yeah unless you're a fly in this room and you're seeing it it live and if you are a fly make sure to like and subscribe yeah and we will see you guys next week gong i'll put that in there you can put an actual gong and then put one there too okay (laughs)